All right, now that we got the elephant out of the room, you know, I wasn't planning on discussing my house stuff the way it was, but I just had enough drama, toxicity, toxic drama for the last, I wouldn't even say 48 hours, I'd say for the last, I don't know how many years, I'm just sick of it. It's exhausting. It's more exhausting than honestly deal with oncology, and that's the truth. I'm not joking. And mental stuff's more exhausting than physical. I don't need a bullshit. I'm tired of it. Really had enough. A lot of people asking me to hear about, was it Keytruda? Doing the Laparza, which actually just kind of stops the reproduction of cells, you know, keeps the tumor. Um, basically, tries to slow it down. And once you know the treatment, they'll rescan you three weeks later. But Keytruda, um, or Keytruda, am I saying that right? I don't want to do this podcast real quick. I'm going to lay down before the storm's hit and probably the roof falls through. I don't know. I don't give a damn. But uh, <laughs> as long as it doesn't hit the fur babies, you know, whatever. But uh, Keytruda, Keytruda, I think it's Keytruda. Did that come out this year? No, last year. I don't I heard a couple of things about it. It's for advanced ovarian cancer, but I've heard more negative things about that drug. And it's probably why my oncologist really has never spoke about it. Um, it is not a chemo drug, not a typical, like, when you start going through treatments, you know, they'll give you the, you know, this and this, and it's usually, like I was always told by oncology groups, is we, we do the classic five steps, you know, everybody goes through the same steps, every oncologist, you know, um, and that's no matter what you're dealing with, what cancer is, there's just a general rule of thumb, a golden rule of thumb, and this is a golden treatment, and um, what you've gone through, you maxed it. You can't do any more. If you give you another dose of some of the stuff, it'll kill you. You know, I did have one oncologist, and he was very straight shooter. You know, I respected that. You know, and a lot of doctors don't want to be that, you know, upfront and brutally honest. But I respect it. You know, and that's just me though. But I mean, a lot of patients may not like that, and everybody's entitled to, you know, however they want to be served up. You know their unique case because every case oncology handles every case is unique and different there's no case you cannot 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 has somebody throughout 11 years sit there and try every time i tell them something it was like as comparison well so and so has this and so and so has that and this and blah 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 blah, blah. quit doing that don't do that to anybody else okay you did enough to me you know after i'm all dead and said and gone don't do it to anybody okay just remember me you know and i told you don't do it because that's like what Patients don't want to hear. Nobody wants to hear when they're telling you something about their health. Comparison game. Okay, it's not a game of comparison. They're just looking for some kind words. Maybe instead of comparison, I'm sorry to hear this is happening to you. You know, I don't know what you're going through, but I can't imagine how hard it is. That's something of how to present when someone's telling you things about their health that are serious. If they're trusting and they keep telling you and they keep giving you time and time again and you keep throwing, it's nonchalant, non-concerning, just you just destroyed someone telling you what they're going through. And you have done this to me for eons. I stopped. When I was talking to you, I stopped telling you. Because it's more hurtful to me of how I felt you took it so like nonchalant and you kept comparing me to people. Well, so-and-so has this and so-and-so has that and they had this and Nobody's the same. You can't compare apples to apples and oranges to oranges. You can't because every single piece of fruit is unique and different. Okay, this analogy. Don't do that. People aren't looking for that. Looking for some compassion. And God knows, you know, in this day and age. And I've been talking about medical struggles with people who need some kindness. You know, there's some wicked people going around this world right now. And it's just shitty, shoddy people. It's gotten worse. 
Everybody I talk to, it's the same thing. Holidays, go to retailers, these people are not in the mood. You think I'm being mean? Hell, you ain't gone to some retailers I've gone to because people get damn mean, especially the workers. But I tell them, I don't blame you. I said, it's got to be hard and stressful. It is. People are rude and this is, I, I, hell yeah, they are. You know, they are. It's nice when people can sit there and say, wow, somebody actually agrees. Instead of people going, oh, well, have a good holiday anyway. And maybe Santa will leave you something extra special in stocking. What, get cussed out by the next person you walk across, you know, in public? <laughs> Just saying. You know, don't, don't, don't compare. Don't put a comparison. You know, anybody does that. Think about me. I'll do that. Give me some kindness, some decency, you know, support. I'm sorry to hear about that. And then whatever you're going to say after that. Don't, don't comparison. People don't, nobody, nobody likes that. Makes people just shut down and not tell you what's going on with their health. Being honest. Maybe I needed to tell you some time ago, but maybe now you get it, you know? It's not an argument, it's a statement I'm saying. It's just how people want to be approached, especially in the oncology world. And, uh... I know that just as much as any other patient. But, um, Keytruda, Keytruda, however you say it, I have personally heard, and this is just from what I've heard from other patients and people I've connected with, is that the only bad thing with that drug, um, why a lot of oncologists really aren't offering it for patients with ovarian severity cancer, excuse me, excuse me, meaning that it's not, you weren't cured, it just progressed. I was told by oncology, if it's not cured, it's going to progress, okay? There's no turning back, all right? If it gets down to nothing, they don't see anything, they rescan you, they can't see a cell or nothing, okay? Then we're going to assume that you're in remission. Now, my oncologist never typically, as, you know, a group says, we never sit cured. Because how do we not know there's not a cell that we're not seeing? And 99% of the time, there's a cell we're not seeing. And it may take a month, it may take months, it may take years for that cell to pick up some speed and grow and start collecting other cells, and that's what becomes a tissue. Um, this is my last oncology group, but because they're seasoned and uh, one's getting ready to retire next year and they've been in this you know, oncology for a long, long time as a profession, I'm able to understand it better when they're explaining how things become a tumor, how your, you know, tumor becomes a tumor, and how the cells, uh, they don't believe there's ever, you're 100% cured. There's a remission, but as they, you know, and how I say it, it's like a sleep. But when they tell you, listen, mm, they didn't get it, and that's happened to me. They give you the, the, it's gold standard of five years prognosis for ovarian cancer. It's five years prognosis things will go right back and then when things go right back like i went right back and it, and it was right verbatim five years um this is the sixth year and it's been pure effing hell it's been hell it's not been easy i've got new symptoms that i never got before um it's hard to sleep i hate even looking forward to sleep anymore nothing seems to work to help you sleep because as soon as you lay down Game's on. You're laying on your tumor. Ovarian is all in your lower pelvic region, abdominal region. Um, when you start getting ascites, it's your abdominal region. Just look at your belly button. You know, you got that, you know, area. And then you've got that main nerve wraps around your waist. It stuff um, starts pushing on the nerve. And it becomes very, very uncomfortable. Um, before oncology treatments, it was like I was able to sleep on one side. And now it's like there's no comfort at all. 
Um, I still use herbal wraps. I use two down instead of one. Um, I have to sleep now. There's no sleeping laying down. It's all sleeping, sitting up, like propped up. I can't get the same effect with the bed. Um, it just doesn't do me any good. Somebody has hospital bed, I don't know. I'm not, I don't feel like I need it at this point because I'm comfortable on the couch. Um, but it's not easy. And you just continue popping pills and pills and pills. It doesn't matter what kind of port or pain pump, whatever you have. Um, when things start getting advanced, you have ascites, you get lesions, and everything starts just going crazy. And they call it haywire because that's exactly what my body's doing and what this tumor's causing. And everything just, it didn't sit, per se grow back. It never went away. Um, that's the truth. So they give you like that last hurrah. You know, if there's something that an oncologist can reach and grab that may help you. And they feel you're a good fit because not every drug is going to fit you. And that's the truth. Don't think just because Keytruda was that this year, was it this year came out, I think. Just don't think because it's Keytruda for advanced ovarian cancer and you have advanced ovarian cancer, that it's going to be ideal for you. Because there's a lot of drugs out there for ovarian cancer that are coming out and they're not ideal. Um, I was told maybe like out of two or three new drugs that come out, you're lucky if you get one that's going to fit your unique case. And every case is different. So um, the drug may work for out of five cases oncologist has. I was told one drug or three drugs may work for just one patient. That's it. The other four, it's not going to fit. Um, they have to go through your whole chart, your whole everything, you know. But um, that's the truth. I'm going to start being a straight shooter, and I'm just going to start sharing it because this is, this is quite a call in my journey. Um, I'm not getting out of this. I'm not getting out of the bullshit. But I am going to get out of the bullshit, the toxic bullshit that people create. You ain't doing it to me anymore. Hell no. Uh, now I see why my aunt, um, that's the first person I think is going to meet me in heaven's my aunt. Because um, I understand why she got mean. Um, because I understand when you're not feeling well and you're at that part of your journey and anybody who calls you any problems or ruins your peace because I do believe um, my aunt worked um, sure for Walmart for eons um, and, and just you know from someone I knew grew up with that worked with her and everybody really liked her and she joked around a lot and from what I heard from, heard from people and um, she was friends with everybody and she continued working until she couldn't work anymore and I, I respect that because I want um, I have to be released through oncology and that with disability to get back to working and I'm not there yet because I have to finish treatment drug and then I have to go through rescan and um, they will not release you until everybody's on the same page. It doesn't mean everyone in your care, your team, you know, your care team, but they go for the main people, your specialists, and then you got to prove it and I'm not there yet. You know, that's frustrating for me, you know, because, you know, their hands are tied, you know, can't do anything. Um, and that's been tough because I really, um, I feel like if I poured myself in work and I know my aunt did it, I think that's what helped my aunt get through her cancer journey is your mind staying occupied. And maybe that's why I like to clean. That's crazy because most women don't, but I like to keep busy, um, I don't like to do things physically that I know I'm pushing myself to do and it can hurt me. I was trying to maneuver a 60 pound sandbag and I did it, but I had to use a two wheeler to just hold the ladder down in the front and the back of the house. Um, so it was sturdy 
I had to go in the front of the house after everything late at night to try to see if everything that I could get, if it, everything was secured okay. And I had to go to the front and then I had to go to the back. Um, I don't like doing things that I shouldn't be doing that I know could hurt me. And let's just face it, do I want to die falling off a roof? I mean, I'd rather just die, succumb to what I've been battling. You know, it's that easy. Um, I just wish somebody driving by would stop. Ma'am, do you need help? I mean, maybe I'm old-fashioned, but, you know, I just think people need to do that, you know? Do you need help? How many people have done that? You don't matter where you're at. You could be on vacation, and you see somebody struggling. Is Why are we not helping? Why, as a society, are we not helping? Why? And you wonder why the world's the way it is. Everybody takes part in it. Uh, if you don't start doing change, you're part of the problem, not solution. I'm going to say what I'm going to say in this part of my journey. That's the truth. You know, I don't like doing things I shouldn't be doing. But nighttime, like now, it's like 2.10 a.m. I can't sleep. I'm hurting. And um, you know, ports and pain pumps, you only get so much. And I'm going to be honest with you. It's the truth is you still have backup meds that are oral meds. And um, we know we're not in a good place um, with my pain. So I have uh, two hospital visits back to back in the next 30 days because we know we're not in a good place. Do I believe um, things have been stunt by treatment or gotten better? No. No. Why do I say no? Because I feel worse. Um, I don't really care what I look like anymore. And I don't think it's because it's not, it's not because I'm lazy. I got dolled up for Christmas photos. I was, wasn't going to do it, but I'm like, you know, I got to do this. You know, I can't let how Eric just, I mean, he destroyed, he destroyed a marriage. I wouldn't have got married if it wasn't forever. Um, and if he could have tried. He could have got counseling and things he needed to do. And I told him you need to leave because you need to get counseling and stuff and you need help. I'm sorry, Mom. I didn't kick him out. I don't know where you're getting this, this theory, but be honest, okay? I told him to leave because it was getting crazy. And it was not okay how he's treating me, and he knows that. And I told him you need to get help. I mean, get help. Be a husband, be a man, step up to the plate. And he didn't want to do it. That's his choice. But I would have not got married to him if it wasn't forever. Because I was sick. I didn't know what was going on. While I was with him is when I got diagnosed. Alright. That's the truth. Nobody got kicked out. He was asked to leave. And the neighbors can vouch of how crazy it got. And they're probably happy. It's actually peaceful now. That's his decision not to get the help in counseling. And to be a spouse. Most importantly a man. And treat me like a woman and lady. They didn't want to do it. So don't blame me for something. That's not my fault. This is for my mom. Because you listen to the podcast. That's the truth. So don't throw it in my face again a million times. Because you keep saying I kicked him out. Don't make me out to be something I'm not. I'm definitely not a goddamn liar when it comes to that. He was asked to leave. Period. To get help. No problem coming back. As long as you got the help. Didn't get it. Not back truth but I already know the drugs not working because I feel worse um, 
when I was told, you know, like the ports and that's easier, you know, and I'll keep doing blood draws and things if you need meds and that, and pain pumps are great too. But, you know, Kimberly, that doesn't mean that you're not going to need a go-to. You're not going to get away from oral drugs. Probably not in your situation. I mean, you've had a long fight and things are worse and the pain is worse. And I'm dealing with the side effects of pain from um affects nerves and nerves start dying and nerve ends and things like that and that's where your specialist explained things and i've been explained to where i understand um in medical terms and just talking to me as a patient okay i know having that ant sensation um is not fun it's nerve um sharp pain going up and down um not being able to sit not be able to do my toenails not being able to lay right having to do this 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 and then i end up so dosed up um because i have to enough to sleep i end up having to knock myself out and then it doesn't even last that long because it's burning out because um the greater the pain the higher tolerance the more you'll need and i got a high tolerance and that's not such a good thing i did that myself by I'm the kind of person never wanted pain meds, never wanted this, never wanted that. I saw people with addiction, it scared the hell out of me. I saw somebody with addiction and how they took pills like candy. You with the picture with them and you say, that's your favorite person. Your favorite person should have been me. Remember what they did to you and everyone else. It doesn't mean you can't forgive them. But don't sit there and make me look like the bad guy, because I'm not. Remember, this was also happening to me. I saw firsthand what addiction does. No way, no how. I don't know part of it. I didn't like how I felt um, with medication. I don't care if it's an antibiotic. I always got all the side effects, always the crazy stuff, because I realize now, you know, we realize now, it's just I'm not absorbing and breaking things down right. Either it absorbs real quick, because of fluid and ass in my stomach and not because I have basically no gut. I have slow gut, but no gut. The activity's gone. The last surgery verified it. But um, either I get the full gusto or, you know, things burn so quick, I'm barely even getting, you know, the regimen of how it should affect me properly. And it's the truth. But um, I had to learn to understand that some people may do things and have addiction problems and it's an issue and there's something in their life that is causing them to reach to feel numb instead of dealing with your emotional health and your internal demons head on with a therapist. Um, I'm not bashing it's not. I just hope the person dealt with their demons and got help and it, um, I wish them well. I really do. Um, I'm past the hurt and things. I made peace with it. But uh, don't portray me as the bad guy and the villain because I sure the hell wasn't. I didn't know what the hell was going on, and that's the damn truth. Amen. It's not even Sunday yet. But, you know, you, you hope they get with somebody and they crack them in place, you know, and they get clean, sober, you know. But um, I don't see it being a good scan. I don't think it's working, and it's because of how I'm feeling. It's not that I don't care what I look like. I'm just tired. I don't feel like um, 
I'd rather take the time to do makeup and hair, although sometimes in Blue Moon I'll do it. Like holiday pictures as the first time. Is that my real hair? No. You know, and I threw some makeup on. You know, I wanted a vintage feel because it goes with the holiday theme cards I chose. I like that old time Marilyn Monroe classic, you know, era. And I, I like fedoras and I like the 30s, you know, and the 40s, and it's just me in you know, the 20s. I don't know. I like the old classic, you know, music and the way it was, you know, uh, the old black and white movies. That's just me, you know. Old soul, I guess. I don't know. It's a princess. You have an old soul. The medicine's not working. Do I visualize a good skin? No. Do I think the lesions disappeared? No, they didn't disappear. Do I think I have more? Probably. Um, and you don't want to eat. It's not that. Uh, somebody said, well, you barely eat, you know, you barely eat anything. It's, you don't understand because you're not my shoes. I just disregard what you said. And I could have snapped at you um, by disregard because I realized that when people, unless they walked in your journey or a similar one, they don't understand. So why waste your energy and time to argue as you just, <laughs> like the movie Frozen, let it go, you know, just whatever. People don't understand. Um, you have all that inflammation from the tumor and the cites and lesions and all that fluid and inflammation really it makes you not hungry if you think about it your intestines and all that stuff your guts affected and where do you really want to eat no it takes forever for gravity for things to go down so you're nauseated you're vomiting or you're just your whole system's backed up do you want to eat no no um, I'm good with keeping fluids uh, if I do eat something solid it's something small once a day um, just to try but there are days I'm not gonna lie where I don't um, but you overall just feel sick you know your complexion's not great um, it's not that you don't take care of yourself because I do it's just I don't spend time um, that I know I can spend time on doing something else on hair or makeup um, and I really like who am I gonna press anyway you know I really could care less um, and if I was in a committed relationship or legitimate marriage or whatever, you know, I'd still be the same way. Um, when you get to that point in the stage where I'm at with your health, your priorities change, you know. But I'm going to say for my aunt, you know, working for her, definitely I 100% believe um, helped her to not, and just escape it, you know. Um, she had a really nasty cancer. But I think uh, helped her escape, but... Um, and she was known to be mean. Um, I understand. Because I admitted I'm becoming mean to the people who are mean to me. You get to that part of your journey and you're like, no, 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 no. Uh, 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 uh. Oh, no, you don't. You ain't playing that game anymore with me. I used to be nice and take it, and now I'm firing back. I'm sure people on the last podcast were like, whoa, there's the old Kim in her 20s. Yeah. There's the old Kim in high school. Yeah, I stay on my ground. Because I had respect. And I demanded it, you know. And I treat everybody equal, but don't disrespect me, you know. Don't take for granted me being nice to you. You know, it comes back. I think it's part of your journey. You just demand the respect. You're no longer just, I think when you're sick, I think when I was really, really, really sick, I was, I was a pushover because I just couldn't, I didn't have it within me because I was in this, beginning, let's say even middle of fight mode, 
and uh, people who know they could take advantage of it did to me for years and they knew they could corner me and just use me like a punching bag but they can't do it anymore no uh-uh-uh-uh oh hell no you ain't doing that anymore mm-mm nope mm-mm because you realize you get this part of your journey you got everything to gain it's called self-respect you know you got nothing to lose anymore but everything to gain and you walk off face this earth it's gonna be with your head held high and a crown on the top you know leave as a queen so i gotta say you know but leave a legacy um and i will and the podcast has uh, allowed me to be creative and other people and contributions and that and i'm damn proud you know and uh same with the gastro priest awareness campaign website you know it's not about the numbers or web traffic. It's about helping people and providing some laughter with the podcast. And times it's, it's serious, you know. But I'm not going to get out of it this time with my health. Um, I defy the odds a lot. But uh, imaging doesn't lie. And uh, it, it all goes together with how you feel. And then when you look at your imaging, you're like, okay, now I get it. And I know where I'm at. And when you start getting in conversations with your specialist oncologists and them, and um, when they explain hospice, you know, and where we're at next step is, for me, my next step's hospice um, because there's nowhere else to go. When you start to the point where you just can't get this pain under control, then you know you're there. Um, it was like four of us who connected with three other women, and, uh, you know, it was the last standing four, but I watched... You know, I don't like to think about it too much, um, but I'm like, damn, you know, they were here. You know, they couldn't get the pain under control, and they couldn't sleep, and they were getting mean as hell, rightfully so, and I respect it. I respect my aunt being mean. She didn't want nobody mess with her. You hurt her. You couldn't apologize. She's going to take that damn to the grave. She's going to be spiteful and damn straight. She's going to be bitter. But if you weren't supportive and there for her, I don't care what you didn't do. You better ass apologize, you know? One of my cousins said she, you know, she just couldn't get past, but as she said now, I wasn't in her shoes, and I'm not, but that's how she felt. You know, Kim, and she had the right to feel the way she did. Um, but we should all learn that we need to um, make peace with your past. And when you're hurtful to people, especially when they're sick, you gotta make peace with that. Do you want to be in that position when that person dies and you never made peace with what you did with them? That's going to haunt you forever. Don't sit there and say it won't. You can run and hide from it, but it catches up with you. Every single person. Um, it catches up. Make peace with it. Make peace. You know? Do it for yourself. Not because you got an ego. Do it for you. Nobody else but you. You'll find your ways and means to make peace with people that you hurt. Especially when they're sick. You don't want them dying and you didn't make peace with things. You know, I'm just saying this, you know, in general for everybody. Don't do it. I've seen stuff and just don't do it, you know. Mm-mm. No, no. Let people pass peacefully and know that they got peace. Give them some closure, you know. Apologize. Yeah. That's for everybody. But uh, it was a podcast because I lost. Um, I can't even think of the drug now. 
Petra, Petra, anyway. I was saying on this podcast, I'm going to lay back down and go let snore out before these storms hit. No, it's going to rain all day. I'm just, I did what I could with the roof, but you know, I got like seven roofers that I called. I'm going to call them again first thing and one open at 7.30. Will it come out? It's raining. I really doubt it, you know, unless I probably hold an umbrella up on the roof and hell, I'm probably willing to do it at this point. Just get done. <laughs> Especially the flashing. I don't know with the rain. Capetra, Capetra, I can't think of name drug. Um, from what I've heard, for those interested in, like I said, you know, not every drug comes out with advanced ovarian cancer. Advanced ovarian cancer when you have, you know, um, doesn't mean just because you have it, it's going to work for you. Your oncologist will let you know, you know, you got to fit a criteria um, before they'll prescribe. And even if things are in testing phase, you still have to be a certain criteria. Um, you sign yourself up and you say, yeah, I'm willing to do test drugs, whatever, anything comes out. Would you like to try anything, clinical trials? And that's what I did. And that's, you know, excuse me, that's what happens. Um, but even drugs that are approved by FDA and finally out on the market, you still got to fall under criteria. And just because you have advanced ovarian cancer doesn't mean that you fall under the criteria because there's other things with your health that have to be a-okay before you can even try the drug. Because every drug has some major side effects. One of them with that drug, Petro, whatever, Petro, is it actually is known to attack um, your immune system, your other organs. So you must know that, and you must know all the side effects and what you may face when you're trying and taking a drug, whether it's clinical trial or something out on the market. But that particular drug is known to attack other organs, um, especially when you're trying to um, zoom in and focus in on a tumor or tumors, you know, varying cancer, you get more than a tumor, or, you know, whatever, or it goes outside its original site. Um, you have to understand that these drugs don't, they're not without side effects, and some are really serious. So you have to understand that. Um, it attacks, is known to attack the immune system, and clinically shown it has through research and other organs. So you have to kind of weigh your pros and cons, you know. Um, everybody wants to live but you have to use logic and you have to separate your emotion um, and your heart and think logically. I remember telling Brandy that, um, and then she became a sensation um, on social media. But I remember telling her, you gotta make decisions for yourself, not by your heart, but logical and look at all the pros and cons and then you'll know. That last drug, um, the, an immunotherapy drug, and it wasn't, um, I don't really know, it wasn't FDA approved yet, it was a clinical trial. I was very, very skeptical because um, a clinical trial and what was being out there and she was told was not good. Um, I was always a fear she'd suffer and her pain was not under control like mine. Um, hers was, you know, advancing quicker. And, uh, the day she was supposed to go and start it, she decided against it. Um, and it broke her heart because she was doing it for her little family, for her husband, you know, for her kids. And um, she went on hospice and uh, they finally, it took, I think two weeks on hospice or three weeks to finally get her pain under control. So that just shows you, she had a high tolerance for pain too. It took a long while for them to get the pain under control. And once they did, she was finally able to sleep. And she slept and she slept and she passed in her sleep. Um, but she admitted she was tired and exhausted and dealing with the pain makes you exhausted, you know, so why want to, why would you want to bring stress, um, to people that are already suffering? 
Um, when you do that, that's cruel. To me, that's abuse. And think about that, you know, how you treat other people, especially when they're going through their journey and they know where they're at in the point of the last part of their journey. Um, don't be abusive, you know? Um, and I still got, she sent me a wig. And um, that's the best damn wig ever, too. Um, she had one, and I was like, oh, blonde. She said, I'll send you one. I still got her, her wig and um, connected with her husband, Kyle, before uh, Thanksgiving. And as he says, this is like tough. People don't get it now that the limelight, she's out of limelight, and she's up in heaven. And he always was kind of the background anyway. And she shared her journey with everyone, with the world. As he said, you know, now this is where the loneliness and it really the grief kicks in is when all that stopped. And the holidays, as he says, really hard. Um, but I connect with him every once in a while. But I think right now he's in the healing part and the grieving part of the journey. Um, hopefully he's also talking and seeing therapy and someone to help him through it because I know it can't be easy, you know. Um, but I, I give him high honors, you know give him a medal award you know he was a spouse that stuck by his wife during her journey and at the end and he didn't get up and he didn't leave and he stayed and if he needed to work on himself he did she could have kicked his ass out and he had came back um his loyalty never wavered and that's a true marriage because he loved her you know and uh he didn't let her die alone made sure that he was still there and he was and they had their, their struggles, you know. Um, illness causes struggles with the marriages, but you have to be stronger than that. Only the weak stop caring as a spouse, you know. Only the weak, per my therapist, can't handle it. You know, it has nothing to do with the patient. The spouse is absent in their decision. It's because they're too weak, you know. But as my therapist, that stuff eats people up when they do that and they're not there for their spouse um, during the last parts of their journey it, it does I believe it'll haunt I believe it haunts them I do I believe it for anybody you know um, when you take vows it's like sickness and health and death do you part sickness and in health richer and for poor um, you're supposed to be there for your spouse even when they're sick, you can't handle it. It's because you're weak. Period. Yeah, that's what it is. But um, I'm going to this podcast. You know, now that I kind of like letting people know where I'm at at this point, and uh, I'm comfortable to just kind of share what I'm going through, and um, I really don't give a rat's ass if people have their opinions, whatever. You know, you think whatever the hell you want. I just don't care what people think anymore. Um, because I know me, I know my value, but that's probably know this part of my life I'm going through. And uh, let's face it, I have to fight a lot, but I'm not getting out of this one. I'm not going to get out of this one alive. Um, and I knew when I worked, first went through the first oncology group and they told me and sat me down after maxing treatments out that it didn't work. I remember looking at my oncology group and saying, what's my prognosis look like? And it's said five years. And you get past five years, it's going to get really tough. And you're going to have more symptoms, more problems than you did right now before you walked in this door. 
and they were 100% right.